It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are broadcasting live today with the Golden Herd. Hurricane, the football team at the University of Tulsa. Let's hear it. It's a live studio audience. All right. Uh, I've been on campus for the day, and I learned about an initiative called uh, being a three-dimensional man or the third dimension, and it's okay that I don't, ex- don't know exactly what it is because we're going to have it explained to us right now. On this radio show, we cover a lot of social topics. We talk about integrity. We talk about character, and with us now, our first guest is head coach Bill Blankenship. How about a round of applause for Coach? Huh? All right. And Bill, uh, is this some, one of your initiatives with your team, the three-dimension guy? Well, it's something we've been talking about for a long time. Uh, uh, something I was fortunate to learn about actually as a senior in college. Okay. And uh, just feel like that uh, sometimes that third dimension's left out. A lot of a lot of coaches really push hard the the physical and the mental, and we think there's a third part that uh, sometimes gets left out. Okay. Now, don't tell me what those three dimensions are. We're going to let a player in the room tell us what those three dimensions are. Who uh, who's a team leader that you trust would would be able to nail this? Uh, Derek Jackson. Derek Jackson? All right. Oh, he rolls his eyes. Too bad it's, it's radio, not TV. He rolls his eyes. Stand up, Derek. How are you, Derek? I'm good. How about yourself? Uh, I am a one-dimensional guy, and I'm hoping to be a three-dimensional guy. Can you fill me in on what those three dimensions are? Uh, well, you know, the first dimension is physical, the second is spiritual, and the third is mental and for me. And so, well, then maybe I am a three-dimensional guy. Maybe. I'm not, you know. Is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, every guy here? We've got a full, you know, a full room, about a hundred guys, a Division One college football team at the University of Tulsa. Is every guy here a three-dimensional guy? Yeah, I, I believe so. Yes, we are. Derek, I want to appreciate uh, you coming on the show, head coach Blankenship. Thanks for coming on. Give yourselves one more round of applause. Get to know Adam at AdamRitz.com. Get to know the radio show at AdamRitzShow.com. Our guest is Anthony Costanzo for the uh, Indianapolis Colts in uh, Boston College. Um, what are you, six foot nine, 500 pounds? What do we have here? I'm six foot seven, 315 pounds. And uh, entering your second season with the NFL uh, as starting left tackle for the Colts. And I want to talk to you not about football, but about education. Um, I recently became aware that. Uh, you're kind of a smart guy. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, it's funny because I take a lot of pride in both my, my sports and my and my um, academics, but whenever I get into conversations with someone, I'll never bring up my sports, but I do brag a little bit on my academics. Yeah, that's fantastic. Most yeah. uh, most kids in the United States, we, we dream of growing up being uh, professional athletes, uh, I would guess mostly the NBA and the NFL, and um, I've heard you speak, and you mentioned as a, as a youngster, being in eighth grade, wanting to play in the NFL and wanting to cure cancer. And um, you're doing one of those things. You're starting in the NFL, and there's a chance you could cure cancer, isn't there? Yeah, I do, I, <laughs> I do have my biochemistry degree. So, I mean, um, you know, after an NFL career, I could potentially go back to do some cancer research and, uh, you know, reach for that cure. 
Now, isn't this selfish of you to actually play in the NFL? You should be doing that cancer research right now. I feel like I've heard that before. Someone's like, that's so <laughs> selfish of you. What are you doing? But, uh, you know, it's, it's, I've got a long life ahead of me, and you can only play football for so long, and you're, your brain stays a little bit better for a little bit longer. So I'm uh, taking advantage of the time I got. And what you did at Boston College, uh, you mentioned that you were an All-American as a freshman, a freshman All-American. You set the record for most games, started. Imagine how much better you would have been as a football player if you had a really cake easy major. Yeah, I would have had a lot more time to dedicate to football. I can promise you that. Now, compared to um, you know, and I don't necessarily want to point out uh, student athletes that don't have a difficult major, but um, through your journey in college, did, could you really see the difference between you, maybe the guy next to you on the team that that wasn't studying as hard as you? I mean, that had to have made you a feel good about yourself and b kind of I guess not not be uh, not have negative feelings towards that guy but just kind of think hey why don't you know you're not working as hard as I am I've got a I'm a biochemist and you're taking macrame classes come on man yeah it's kind of funny because you don't usually associate biochemistry with swag but when you're on the football field when you have when you know that you have that academic background you kind of have a little bit of swag about it on the football field it's like yeah I'm a biochemistry major what do you do you know cuz we're all football players at that point yeah. so that's the thing that actually sets me apart did you ever drop that line on the field to somebody can't say that I've actually dropped that but it's been in my mind you, will you say that on the field to somebody when they start start talking smack will you say I was a biochemist major what were you what were you doing with your free time <laughs> in college I was getting a biochemistry degree that would be really funny oh my gosh well with your team that was with, uh, Andrew Luck, uh, Stanford. I mean, this is a group of academic. This is you guys are a bunch of doctors. Yeah, we can have some good conversations in that locker room. I'm looking forward to it, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Our guest is Anthony Costanzo from Boston College, uh, uh, just a brainiac now with the Colts uh, in the NFL. And a lot of people, some of the organizations we work, a big buzzword with them is, is mentoring. Um, when you look back on your childhood, high school, even at Boston College, does, does a mentor jump out to you, somebody that really helped you maybe get on the path you're on and, and still means something to you in your adult life? Uh, well, my entire family has kind of been like a collection of mentors. Um, you know, my parents have instilled in me virtues and values that I, that I hold, hold to this day. And, uh, you know, my brother's four years older than me, and, and he was kind of like my – he kind of set the bar for me. You know, I, it was always – because he, he was extremely successful, extremely intelligent. Would, I'd always kind of be trying to – whether he knew it or not, we were in competition. So, you know, I was always trying to reach up to that bar, and uh, to have something like that set the, set the road for me was nice. Fantastic. Well, I see you're on Twitter. What is your Twitter uh, at mention so we can follow you and see what you're up to? Uh, my Twitter is at Anthony Costanzo. It's just my name. It's easy enough. Oh, that's very easy. At yeah. Anthony Costanzo. Okay, well, we wish you the best of luck. Thanks for your time, and go Colts. All right, thank you. The Adam Ritz Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Welcome to the broadcast. We have our guests, Tyler and Lorenzo. They are students at Penn State University. Hi, Tyler. Hi. And Lorenzo. Hey, how you guys doing? And uh, we're glad to have you on from Penn State. We're talking about your dance marathon. I just learned about this, and I have to admit I'm blown away at the scale of this, I guess, campus-wide initiative, campus-wide philanthropy. Tyler, tell us about dance marathon at Penn State University. Well, it's a 46-hour dance marathon that starts, we start fundraising it um, in October, the very first of October, and it goes all the way to the third weekend in February. And it's a campus-wide initiative, and you help raise money for kids with pediatric cancer. It's the largest run student philanthropy in the entire world. And since 1973, which it started, there's never not been a year which we have raised um, less money than the previous year. And this past year, we raised 10.6 
million dollars for kids with cancer. What? Ten point six million dollars. Okay, let me let's get these numbers straight. <laughs> I thought I heard you say ten point six million dollars. How much money was raised? Ten point six million dollars from the students at Penn State University for for kids with cancer. That is correct. I what? It's a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money in short amount of time. Now, yeah, and so. Okay, how's it work? You go get money, and then you well, dance all night? Is, well, the Penn State students do is that they go around the East Coast, like certain weekends, designated weekends, can't call canny weekends. They go the entire East Coast, and they sit in a door-to-door you know, or street in the middle of the street, and they help kids. They do something called canning. What they do is they just like, have a sign that says, help kids with cancer. Pretty much cars come up to you and offer money. And things we do is store in rain, rain, whatever, shine, no matter what, we always do every single weekend. And uh, 10.6 million. I mean, that's amazing. I, I, there's a lot of campuses that do dance marathons. I'm sure you're aware of, of uh, you would call them, what, posers or people trying to be like you or what? <laughs> no, it's no, not a bad no. thing. It's a good thing. As long as you're helping out. But, uh, yes, no one does like Penn State does. And, you know, what? that's a good question. Uh, with other dance marathons at other campuses, is this, a, I guess, a nationwide initiative? Is it, Are dance marathons done on the same weekend nationwide? Or no, is this it, really just the special way Penn State does it and you do it all by yourself? Well, it's starting to catch on now. Like Penn State was like, we set the tone for it, then other campuses started to catch on. Like, Rutgers is getting big, University of Illinois is getting big, but all major colleges start really do dance marathons. Usually, they all help kids with cancer. But we have the biggest, we have a, it's a 46 hour, no sleeping, no sitting dance marathon, and that's like the culmination of all your fundraising, and that uh, takes place in the third weekend of February. So it starts at, on Friday at 6 o'clock and ends on Sunday at 4 o'clock. So, uh, Lorenzo, you actually dance during the marathon. Yes. What do you do? Macarena, hokey pokey. I mean, what? You, do, you do a good amount of dancing. Yes, you do, because like, oh, there's a big stage that helps to entertain you guys during the whole show. But the big thing is just no sit down. Because each dancer actually has a moraler that keeps you going. Because at certain times, everyone has their low points, but then you have the person who's attached to you to make sure you keep going the entire time. And is there uh, like a like a mobile DJ playing uh, oh, they play contemporary music. hits and dance songs? And they stuff? play music nonstop. The big song actually is Whitney Houston. Your love, love is my love. That's the biggest song of the year all the time. So yeah. it, it entertain us a lot. Do they do maybe some ACDC and do some air guitar dancing? I mean, it's 46 hours nonstop. <laughs> non-stop music. They, they, play, they play everything. They play everything. Okay, and then uh, I guess if we look at this from within your own organization, you guys are in a fraternity. Yes, we're members of Alpha Tau Omega Fraternity. And uh, individually, I guess, not individually, but as, a, as an organization, your fraternity chapter uh, raised what? I mean, out of the $10.6 million total, how's it break down f- per group or organization? What did you guys do? Uh, we raised uh, $330,000 this year. Also yeah. paired with our sisters. At we're paired, paired with our sister. We're also paired. Every or- Greek organization is paired with a sorority. So with um, Zeta Tau Alpha sorority, we combined raised $330,000. Do you realize how insane that is? Yes, no. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. Let me, let's put this in perspective. Um, we cover a lot of philanthropies and charities on this show, and uh, I'm not going to name campuses because now we just look like idiots compared to Penn State, but uh, there are some campuses that do three, four-day events, biking. Uh, they'll bike across America, or um, they'll do an activity in the front yard of their chapter house for two or three days straight, pair up with a sorority, and they'll raise three or four or $5,000. Five or six thousand dollars tops. You guys raised three hundred thirty thousand dollars. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm blown away by this. Well, the thing is that, like, again, it's just the hard work and dedication we have to it, also with our sisters. But the big thing that sets Don apart is that each organization is paired with a, like, a family, a family that has kids. Because all the proceeds, what sets Don apart is that it's not just you're like you write a check and it goes to like a foundation. 
all the proceeds go to the Hershey Medical Center. So it goes to one hospital, and every single person in that hospital, every child who has cancer, is paid for. We pay for the helicopter fees, transportation, even chemotherapy, gas, even we pay for everything. So each organization, like our Alpha Omega, we have three families, and each family, one of those kids had or had cancer. So that's why that's what sets Don apart from other philanthropies. Like it's you know the kids with cancer, you see them in the hospital, you see them at their homes, and that's what really motivates you. So for more information, I would Google uh, Hershey Hospital or Penn State right. Dance Marathon. Or thon.org. Thon.org. Yeah. There we go. I was going to ask how to thong, 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 thon, thon, T-H-O-N. Okay, this has nothing to do with a thong. No, not Thon.org. Thon.org. Okay. Tyler and Lorenzo from Penn State University, thank you guys so much for your hard work and dedication towards your philanthropy of thon.org. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. We're in Lincoln, Nebraska at Memorial Stadium, home of the Nebraska Cornhuskers with tight end Kyler Reed. Hi, Kyler. How you doing? Three very important questions for you. Uh, number one, what is your favorite toy as a child? Right, what do you think his favorite toy was to play with when he was a kid? Wow, I'd have to say a Tonka toy of some sort, like a truck. A football toy or a football? A car. A toy car. Lincoln Logs. <laughs> I like to play with Toy Story. A dump truck. Mr. Potato Head. Ninja Turtle. Game Boy. My favorite toy as a child, something I got on uh, Christmas Day. Um, it was a Pokemon Game Boy game. I used to play, I used to stay up all night and play that game with my brother. Uh, we both had it. Uh, we tried to race to the end. I'd stay up all night early in the morning uh, playing that game. And the um, funny thing about that, one of my teammates, Marcel, was he pulled it out the other day and uh, I was watching him playing and I was just remembering, you know, how much I used to love that game. You still have that game on campus with you? I don't have it on campus with me. It's probably at my mom's house back okay. home, but. Um, uh, I should pull it out someday and just see, you know, see what I see what I was working with. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite food and/or meal? Uh, a whole meal or just a single food? What's your favorite? All right, Kyler uh, Reed. What's his favorite food to eat? Uh, pizza. 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 Ice cream. Mashed potatoes. <laughs> pizza. Carrots. Carrots. <laughs> pizza. Pizza. Hamburgers. Barbecued ribs. I never really have a sing, uh, single favorite food, but uh, I'm a Kansas City native, so I do really like barbecue, um, any style really. Um, Oklahoma Joe's is is a restaurant down in Kansas City that I really like to go to. Uh, so his favorite food genre would be barbecue. And finally, what is your uh, favorite book? What's your favorite? I hear you're a reader. What's your favorite book? Okay, what's his favorite? Um, uh, what's his favorite book? Harry Potter. <laughs> a playbook. Daily of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> Batman. The Bible. Sports Almanac. A football book. I don't know. The Twilight series. I don't know. <laughs> Favorite book is a book by Dan Simmons. It's called Hyperion. Um, it's about a future, <laughs> futuristic stuff like that. Uh, I think I got that from my dad. He's a big science fiction reader. Um, I don't read as much as I used to, but I do still like to read. All right, now we know Kyler Reed a little bit better. Best of luck on the football field here at uh, Nebraska, and good luck in the Big Ten. Thank you. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter, at Adam Ritz, or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. We welcome to the broadcast a true broadcast professional, Greg Rakestraw. Hi, Greg. Hello, sir. 
I uh, am excited to have you on. You've uh, done play-by-play, many sports, uh, basketball, baseball, college basketball, college baseball, football as well for ESPN3 and the Horizon League networks. Uh, And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, your work with Butler Basketball. Tell you what, um, it's amazing the ride that those guys have been on really over the course of the last 15 years. You know, they have come to national prominence certainly uh, in the last three seasons uh, and and getting to -to back-to-back national championship games. But it started with Barry Collier, uh, then for Thad Mata's brief tenure here, uh, led a little bit of a dip under Todd Licklider. He then brought them back up. And now, you know, what Brad Stevens has done over his tenure as the head coach at Butler has just been absolutely amazing. And these guys have gone from, you know, regional powerhouse to Cinderella team that gets mentioned as a bracket buster every year to now a legitimate national power. And as a play-by-play announcer for Butler University, the Butler Bulldogs, let's talk a little bit about your memories uh, from recent history with Butler basketball. What, what are some of the things you can tell us that you've seen, witnessed at the press table that have just blown you away? Well, I'll go back to, to last year, and, and the first time that I had Butler uh, was the first game of, of uh, 2011, and it was right after Butler. Uh, they had played the previous Saturday uh, against Valparaiso at Hinkle Fieldhouse and won, uh, they were still experiencing a little bit of lag from playing over in Hawaii uh, and it won the Diamond Head Classic over the Christmas holiday. Uh, and, and they go to Milwaukee and get just absolutely thumped. I mean, they were struggling to get to 50 that night against Milwaukee. And I kind of go, man, this is, this is a uh, – I'll just chalk this up to, you know, being a little bit of a team that's, um, you know, sluggish. Uh, I've, I've experienced that as a broadcaster, let alone as a player yeah. coming back from Hawaii, and my clock wasn't right for three or four, for three or four days. Uh, then I see the Bulldogs again about uh, 20 days later, and they get beat in overtime at Valpo. It was a good team, not a great team. And Shelvin Mack, who's now playing in the NBA for the Washington Wizards, really didn't play the last 15 minutes of that game. And I go, man, this is some, something's not right here. Something's, something's not good. The very next game, they lose at Youngstown State. Didn't have that one on television. They then didn't lose for the next two months. Uh, they, they all of a sudden you know, found their footing. Um, I had them in back-to-back games uh, in late February last season. They beat a Green Bay team who was average on a last-second dunk by Matt Howard. Uh, and then they beat up a bad UIC team uh, four or five days later. And, and I was like, you know, they're, they're playing better. They're rounding into form. I think they'll still get in the NCAA tournament. There's no way they're going to pull off what they did the previous year and make the national championship game here in Indianapolis with Gordon Hayward being their star player. And all of a sudden, every close game, they find a way to beat Old Dominion, they find a way to beat Pittsburgh, they find a way to beat Florida, and on and on we go, and they drops at VCU. And so I was around the team last year more than I had been oh, in the last couple of three years, but it was it's just remarkable how this time of year, when we're getting into the stretch of, of the basketball season, something clicks with those guys wearing that uniform. And, and when it comes to crunch time is usually when Butler basketball is at their best. Well, it's, it's an imp- inspirational story, really, with a team and a campus that small. It's the true life uh, Hoosiers. It's, you know, the, the thing that, that really impresses me about it is, is seeing a team win the right way. And that is how, you know, how, they, how they play, the kids they go after, uh, you know, the NCAA kind of shows the term student-athlete down your throat at times, mm-hmm. uh, but it honestly applies uh, to the Butler Bulldogs. I, I can think of going back years where, you know, Drew Stryker, uh, who is now in med school, 
uh, you know, would, would, would have a higher GPA than points per game average, yet he was a, he was a uh, quality member of the Butler basketball program. You know, he had A.J. Graves, who was a star player four or five years ago, majors in actuarial sciences. What other top player yeah. can you think of that, that majored in actuarial sciences? And so they, they found a way to, to blend those kids with now a really good quality of athlete to where they expect to be in the top 25 every year, where they expect to be uh, a team that not just makes the NCAA tournament, but makes the second weekend or makes the Final Four uh, on a regular basis. And yet they've got a kid like like last year, Matt Howard, who goes down as maybe one of the top 10 players in, in Butler University basketball history. You know, he's playing now professionally in Greece. Well, he has the professional basketball ability, but he's also a kid that, you know, was a Rhodes Scholar candidate. I mean, that's just, I mean, he was, yeah. the NCAA has, has what they call the NCAA 88. And, and what that 88 means is the NCAA sponsors 88 different sports combination and divisions. So there's three different men's basketballs, D1, D2, D3. And Matt Howard was picked as the top student athlete in all of Division I men's basketball last year, combination of what he does in the classroom and what he does on the floor. So this kid is, is nearly a 4-0 in high school in college. Oh, and he played in the last two national championship games. You can win, win the right way. And, and that, I think, is the best lesson that people across the country can take about Butler University basketball. Our guest is Greg Rakestraw, as you can tell. Uh, he is a professional broadcaster, <laughs> a great voice, play-by-play college basketball with the excitement of men's college basketball this time of year. Uh, we thought we talked to Greg about an inspirational story with Butler basketball. Now, within Butler University basketball, there, I think, is an even more inspirational story with head coach Brad Stevens. Um, on the national scene, a lot of people are familiar with Butler basketball now, playing in uh, two national championship games. Uh, but maybe they're not so familiar with, with head coach Brad Stevens. I'd like to hear from your perspective, being a play-by-play announcer sure. with Butler, um, the, quick, the story on Coach Brad Stevens. Here's a guy. It didn't come out of nowhere. Right. He came out behind out of nowhere. <laughs> and it's so inspirational to uh, motivational just to think, okay, if, if this guy can pull this off, maybe I can pull something off my, myself. All right. Uh, allow me to date myself here. Brad is four months older than I am. Uh, so he'll be 36 in September. I turn 36 at the end of the year. It's strange to see guys my own age and, 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 their, uh, and their face plastered on television in a coaching position. It was more strange five years ago when Brad got the job when he was 30, and of course he looked like he's 16. Mm-hmm. He still looks like he's 16 uh, as of now. My first year out of college, I called one of Brad's games at DePaul University. Uh, you know, so, so Brad was a great high school player in the area uh, in Zionsville, played Division three basketball, um, and, and after a year removed from playing and, and coaching, he just felt drawn back to the game. Uh, so Brad had, had, a, had a great job at Lilly in Indianapolis and just said, you know, this is, this is not what I think I was meant to do. So took a volunteer assistant coaching job at Butler University. Uh, really wasn't a student assistant, really wasn't a graduate assistant because he wasn't enrolled in classes. He was just there donating his time, but yet doing it on a full-time basis because that's what he wanted to do. And I just I have to interrupt you just to make sure I got this right, because this, this, this is the most inspirational thing to me. Young man, college graduate, working for one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world, yeah. quits his job to be a volunteer coach with a team making no money. And it, 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 th- that's all accurate, and I'll take it one step further. Dude was about to wait tables at Applebee's, not far from campus, uh, to help make additional money, 
when sadly uh, there was a little bit of a legal issue with one of the assistant coaches on the staff. And so Brad gets bumped up to the director of basketball operations slot, which isn't a coaching slot, but at least is a paid slot. So, okay, now he's he's not making lily money, but he's at least making something and to justify. And he's not at Applebee's. He's not at Applebee's. <laughs> a great place to eat. Wouldn't want to work there. So the next year, he's working for Thad Mata at the time. The next year, then Thad leaves Butler to take the Xavier job. Todd Licklider gets promoted to the head coach. Brad becomes a full-time assistant coach. He works under Todd for, I, I want to say, six years. Uh, and then Todd gets the job at Iowa. Barry Collier, the former head basketball coach at Butler, is brought on to be the new AD, and he wants to hire from within. And when you have been as successful as Butler had, that team had just went to the Sweet 16. They were beaten by the eventual national national champion in Florida uh, in the Sweet 16. And probably the most competitive game that Florida had their entire tournament run was against Butler in the Sweet 16. So Barry wanted to bring in a guy that knew the Butler way. And it came down to Matthew Graves, who was on the staff, or Brad Stevens. And Barry went with Brad. And to show you the respect that the guys in the program had for Brad, not only did no players transfer out, a lot of times the assistant coach that doesn't get the job thinks, this is not right, I should have gotten the job, I'm going elsewhere. No, 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 Matt stayed on the staff, and Matt is now the associate head coach and has been in that spot for the last five years be because he is a guy that went to school at Butler, played at Butler, has been on the staff ever since, and he believes in Brad Stevens and the Butler way. And so it's, it, again, um, <laughs> you, 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 the comparison always gets made between Butler and the Hickory Huskers and the, and the movie Hoosiers. Um, frankly, the Butler script is better. It is. It is. It's just so inspirational that a guy would quit his job. He, he wanted to be a coach so bad that he, right. that he would do it for free. And then a few years later, uh, takes that team, a small campus, uh, relatively, I don't know, I know they, they were in that Sweet right. 16, but took him to the national title game two years in a row. That's so inspirational. The one thing I'll point out, though, is now Brad can buy that Applebee's and can take you and I out to Applebee's <laughs> for lunch on a daily basis for months, and his pocketbook wouldn't feel it. He is well compensated now. Well, not to say that um, his employment down the road won't be at uh, a bigger university or in the NBA. Right. I mean, that's certainly possible. But the other part of this inspirational story is that after that success in the national championship games, he's been offered everywhere, and he has stayed at Butler. That is some loyalty that needs to be admired. Very much so. Uh, and, and again, I, I'm a big believer in, in maybe the next thing isn't always the best thing, or, or, or a bigger thing isn't always the best thing. And, and I do think that at some point in time, Brad will move on. I, and I think it won't be about money. He is well compensated in, in, at Butler. He, you know, being from the area, he, he wants to stay. He doesn't mind giving Butler, I think, slightly a hometown discount, uh, knowing where he lives. I think at some point in time, he will feel that he has met the challenge here, or this is no longer a challenge, or maybe better said, uh, there is another challenge that is awaiting him uh, at some point in time. And I'm glad you bring up the NBA, because I could easily see his next job being an NBA job. Uh, because he is a younger coach, I, I think you know guys in the NBA would relate to Brad very well. Um, Butler has, before Brad was the head coach and, and, and as Brad is the head coach, runs a very intricate half-court offense and, and half-court defensive system. In other words, it's X's and O's that translate into the NBA. But I think it is just as likely that his next job would be in the NBA as it would be in college basketball. 
Butler University expertise from Greg Rakestraw, a seasoned uh, college sports uh, analyst and, 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 old, and play-by-play uh, announcer with his um, take on Butler basketball and head coach Brad Stevens at Butler. Thank you for your time. For our listeners, let us know how we can get in touch with you with your Twitter and Facebook. It's very easy. Greg Rakestraw. And, and for spelling purposes, Greg Rakestraw. Put them all together, and that's how you find me on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch up with The Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show, or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. We have with us, uh, what is your name? Jordan. Jordan, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I am doing great. What is your major here at Vanderbilt? Communications. Communications, and what do you hope to do with this uh, degree? Make a lot of money. Make a lot of money. Well, I'll tell you right now, you need to change your major. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> pre-med, pre-law. No, communications, you never know where it can take you. You want to be on radio or TV, broadcast journalism? Yes. Will you uh, play the part of news director on the show? Yes, I will. Okay, I've got a news story here for you to read, and uh, this just happened recently, just a couple days ago, and uh, this is, uh, you can use, feel free to use this on your resume as, as a real live radio broadcast, okay? Mm-hmm. So now we go to the news desk with Jordan with the news. Here, we're here with, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Adam. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. That's all right. Hi, I'm Jordan Coleman. I'm here with Adam Ritz, and um, we're reporting that a Marshall University swim coach immediately resigned after being arrested on campus with a marijuana pipe and a bag of marijuana. That is fantastic. Let's hear a round of applause for Jordan, huh? Yeah, no, you're right. You're like, why? A round of applause. The guy got arrested with marijuana. So what do you think about this? Marijuana pipe. He's got a bag of dope. He's the coach of the swim team at Marshall. Yeah, that's really bad. That's not really setting a great example for his uh, team. That's not a good thing. He resigned immediately because he knew he, he knew he was going to get fired. Let's imagine uh, decades from now, you're the athletic director at a Division One college. You're thinking about hiring this guy. Would you? Definitely not. Definitely not. Okay, that's Jordan, ladies and gentlemen. Round of applause. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.